You are listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. All right. So let's give this a go. Uh, um, so your idea was yeah. that we use this as a bed yeah. and we talk over it. Yeah, because that way we get like an extra sort of minute to talk about food and stuff. Sounds a bit loud. Uh, uh, there we go. No, I like the way we're doing uh, this. It's like an innovation. Hey, Cameron Smith. Yes. Welcome back from Bendigo. How was uh, it? Uh, Bendigo was... Uh, it's beautiful. It is nice, It's cold. It? It's, it is cold, but it's um, beautiful up there. It's inland. Um, it's probably some of the grandest Victorian architecture you could see. Yes. Some beautiful food, a whole bunch of food producers. It's old school it's great. Yeah. It's really, really, really good. And it doesn't take that long to get there. And I don't It's know. a quite nice drive, I think, past the Macedon Ranges. Yeah, especially on the weekend when, you know, traffic's not so bad. Yeah. I mean, you know, trying to crawl out of the city on the cold would be a bit of a... <laughs> and it was. That's yeah. right. It sucked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was... Uh, what was I doing? I was down at the Royal Agricultural Society of Victoria doing food judging. Yeah. At, and then I thought, I'll just go hit the calder and... I'll just go down Flemington Road. Yeah. What could no. possibly go wrong? <laughs> anyway. Um, we made it back now. I did. Safely. We did. And uh, it was really, really good. Welcome to the afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, scientists, for your eruditions. Yes. Gosh, they know stuff. They do. They do. They do. Brains the size of small planets. And then there's the doctors before that. I, that was a very good show. Uh, however, I now have felt the need to go and wash my hands a uh, hundred times more than I currently do because they were talking about alcohol hand washing. I know, as a, and, and the fact that it has moisturisers so it's soft on your mm. skin and it's better than soap. And yes. it will disinfect in 15 seconds rather than 40. Yes. Anyway, wash your hands, Jeffrey. <laughs> go on. You know what to do. Hey, but we're here to talk about uh, food. We are indeed. We've got a big show. Shall we say what's on the show? It's a good show. I have a piece of paper. Piece of paper. (laughs) I've written it on this piece of paper. Yes, I know what's going on. Yes, first we're going to... No, we're going to be talking to uh, Yost Baker. Yes. Who Siri calls uh, Juice Backer. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Siri, for for that one. Um, slightly melancholy to start off with, but there's good things that happen. Yes. And he's got someone coming for lunch. We were supposed to have him on, but um, mm-hmm. he said, I can't. And I said, you, no, let's not go there. Um, <clears throat> he said, no, I, 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 there's no way that I could. No. That's probably a better way to put that. Yes. And um, anyway, he'll sh- tell us what his excuse is, and it's pretty damn it good. It's a good excuse. So we want to do that, and he wants to talk about a thing called Think, Eat, Save. Yes. As well as someone coming for lunch. Um, and then, mm. um, good news, the uh, uh, grub over mm. there in 87 Moore Street, Fitzroy. Yes. A beautiful spot mm-hmm. um, in the middle. It was like a car park or something like that. But oh, really? it's got this Airstream tra- um, yes. trailer in yes. it. Caravan, we call it in this country. Um, and this beautiful open kitchen and this eclectic room that looks um, like, I don't know, maybe your, your uncle was an art director and he decided to come and decorate it because it sort of has this collective vibe. And it's, Anyway, it's beautiful. Yes. And um, during... <clears throat> I think about six weeks, they've got all these amazing people coming in on Sundays mm. to do a thing called Sweet Set, um, which is about um, doing things on maybe the which say the sweeter side of the spectrum. Yes. And you can get booze. 
Oh, good. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I just saw Matt's eyebrows just go, Gah! shot to the ceiling. They yes. did. Um, so, but we've got a couple of people who are going to be cooking there on their special times. One uh, on August 20, her name's Georgie Castle. Yes. From Citizen Kakao. Kakao. Um, and uh, Boris Portnoy. Yes. I love a Boris. Boris is coming in to uh, say that all are welcome, because that's the name of his place, yes. opposite the Northcote Town Hall. Um, and he's brought in a thing called a Bostock. A Bostock. Tune in. We'll be finding yeah. out more about that. They look amazing. They do. And I think there might have even... A bit of social media has happened already. Yeah, so right. It's, it's, good, it's good, out good. there. And then... Mm-hmm. We have someone who has a job that you could just, we only dream of. Yes. Imagine representing some of the most prestigious brands of booze on this blue planet, this third rock from the sun. Yes. Mick Formosa's job is to represent the great and the good that's in the uh, the extensive and outrageously amazing portfolio of Moe Hennessy. Yes. He's been overseas. He's oh, been, I'll bet he has. Yes, he has, <laughs> and he's been in the caves of Cognac, and he's been he's been washed ashore on the islands of Scotland, looking at the distillers whose names he are not pronounceable because I don't know Scots. You almost need. Like, yeah. We've got Raymond Capaldi on next week. Yes, and it's a bit like Billy Connolly that you sort of need like about thirty seconds or sixty seconds just to tune, just into, to the tune into the yeah, accent. Yeah. And go, okay, I got it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, he's going to regale us um, about those things and tell us about uh, his life that we can only dream of. Mm. Twelve oh six on three triple RFM. I did go to Bendigo and uh, something happened there, and maybe for the two of us because. Mm. What's What's that that in your mouth? mouth? That's right. What's that in your mouth is uh, a segment we do where we talk about uh, uh, the gustatorial pleasures of the week preceding. Yes. Is that a good way to put it? That'll work. That'll work. Anything good in your mouth? Uh, I went to Claypots for the first time in my life. I'm, I'm very sorry to say. I rang you. You'd had a boozy work lunch. It was a boozy work lunch. Yes, and you it were was just walking home. But I, when I say you I'm were just, monosyllabic. No, I'm, you weren't. You were fine. When I'm saying I'm sorry to say, I'm sorry that I hadn't been there earlier because it's that bloody good. I know. Whoa, 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 whoa. You've really just picked whoa. up on this. Did you just say that's the first time you've ever been to Claypots? Claypots St Kilda, yeah. It was really- Where have you I know. been? I know. I know. There's a whole bunch of people that have just probably turned to the radio and gone, what? Say what? I've been to the South Melbourne market one in my defence a number of times. Oh, okay. But no, uh, it was good. We had uh, shellfish, just as much shellfish as you could eat. It was just gorgeous and beautiful. But you... The all-you-can-eat shellfish bar. Yes. You were, you've had something in your mouth you made. I did. Couple of things. First Go. of all, because I did Bendigo Festival of Lamb, one of the great things oh, that uh, the swag that I got. Yes. Vegetarian, soon away from the radio. Yes. A big old shoulder of lamb. Oh, oh my lord! And I thought I've got to, uh, I've got to do this sympathetically. I have to honour. Yes. Well, it's actually, that's kind of true. You do. You got to honour. You've got a great big slab of protein. You got to go. Well, I'm going to look after this thing because mm. this thing. Laid down its life for me, you could yes. say. So anyway, what I did, long story short, did a braise, um, vegetables, aromatics, uh, lots of carrot, lots of onion, um, fennel, fennel bulb, yep. fennel yeah, bulb right. lots of herbs from the garden. So uh, this beautiful thyme, oregano, if I was a certain orange-haired person, that's how I'd say it, oregano, <laughs> the most fabulous, the best. Yes. It was the best oregano. 
It was the biggest bunch you've ever... No, Stop sorry. It. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. So, um, oregano, mm. um, rosemary, and... Oh, lots of garlic. That's right. Whole mm. cloves of garlic they put in there. But lots of red wine. So, it's just a braise. And it was mm. great because the whole thing, I did this, what was probably about uh, 500 mil at the very end. I took it down to about... A hundred mil of beautiful, mm. unctuous gravy. Mm. But I had something interesting with it because you've mm. got this big thing of a lamb shoulder, which is moist and, let's face it, it's a lot of fat in there because yeah. that's what makes it taste so yeah, yeah. bloody good. So I thought to myself, um, mashed potato? Yes. No. Tick. No. 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 Well, augmented. Right. Augmented. And okay. it was sort of like a Scottish thing. And there's, you know, well, um, it was, uh, I had neeps and potatoes. Taties and neeps. What are neeps? Neeps. <laughs> Neeps. What's a neep? Well, you find yourself saying that a lot when you right. when you start cooking them around when you're going a little bit crazy. Neeps. Uh. Um, Swedes. Uh. The sort of, you know, the bucktooth cousin of the, <laughs> you know, they, they sort of malignantly sort of hang in the back of the supermarket yeah. aisles and in fruit shops you, going, hello. You rarely reach for a Swede. It's like you? if you're going to the Lordsmith Hospital to pick up a stray animal, you know, this would be the really ugly dog in the, the corner, back. you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but they have a certain bitterness, and when you mm. combine them with potato um, as a mash with yes. lots of butter, yes, I nearly did that. Yes. When you use lots of butter and pepper and salt, it makes a beautiful mash to go with it. And the mm. other thing that was amazing for the what's that in your mouth sort of thing, simplicity, folks. A salad of iceberg lettuce, mm. again, an unloved thing in a lot of ways. Mm. Not quite as ugly as a Swede. No. But um, a lettuce, just um, lettuce salad made of simple vinaigrette with a little bit of garlic. Yep. Dill. Dill. Dill wheat. And, um, and some sliced red onion and uh, grated salted ricotta. That <laughs> does sound good. And a tempranillo. Dill and cucumber work beautifully together. Cucumber. Stop it. 12.11. We probably need to get on. Um, uh, I could go on. Mm-hmm. Did I? Oh, we should also say, uh, before we move on to having a chat to Yost and find out who's coming for lunch, why he couldn't be here, mm. uh, St. Focus's Day, P-H-O-C-A-S, Focus, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the Gardener, Digger, if you're listening, this is a yes. saint for you, mate. Um, patron of farmers and gardeners everywhere. That's a broad remit. Ave. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> it is. What about... F- people football grounds yes. is that like a garden anyway well, that's ponderous Twelve eleven. we need to move on there's we so should. much to talk about here on 3 triple rfm matt's driving the bus i merely follow his directions a couple of uh, sponsorship announcements doing? and then we'll talk to yost after this or juiced i love it when matt just looks at me and says you know what buddy you're gonna have to pat it out because uh, we're trying <laughs> to get a hold of yost um, but the good news is, I think we have here on Three Triple R FM, beautiful downtown East Brunswick in uh, in the middle of winter, mm. twelve thirteen thirteen. Oh, nice symmetry there happening, and uh, using the uh, the miracle of the modern phone. Actually, it's not that modern anymore. We got a Monbok, <laughs> one of the great growing areas uh, in this land of the world. Of the world, soil so fertile you could grow root hairs off a matchstick. <laughs> How's that, how's that, Yost? We've got a sick goat in our um, household today. You've got the goat in the wrong. house? No, well, the goat's 
Yeah, she's not well. Maggie's not well. We don't know why. Okay, this is anyway. serious. Okay, I can't be flippant anymore. What's wrong? <laughs> how, how do you know, know you go sick? Um, you can just tell the way yeah. um, you're not she's your, walking around. You know yourself. Yeah, anyway. What's wrong? Being, being, being looked after by the kids now. It's all good. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, so lots of TLC, which is uh, is good. And I've got to say, just to get us started, um, the hospitality world has sort of woken up last week with um, a need for some tender loving care, uh, reflection, and um, also quite a bit of sadness because we've uh, lost a, a luminary of our of our craft, of our business, have we not? Yeah, well, I, I only knew Jeremy uh, strode through uh, people like Neil and, and Ben Shuri and others, and I mm. actually met him and had a good chat to him. Yep. And he always seemed like such a nice guy, and he was, you know, obviously loved by everyone in the industry, which is obvious this week. In and uh, just one of those one of those guys that was happy to, uh, you know, uh, advise and help anyone in the industry and just believed passionately in the industry as a whole and no and the, ego no and the, you know it's just yeah shocking and the people uh in the industry i suppose one of the things that about jeremy was that he was part of the vanguard of what we called uh, what became known as the brit pack um of of chefs that came from the uk um, to relocate and define themselves within this country, and he was very much a part of of Melbourne, working with that uh, visionary Don Levy Fitzpatrick, um, yeah. and, and then of course his own place, Pom. We've Matt, we've had him on the show on mm. more than one occasion. Mm. He was he was great, but it's a sad thing in the fact that, um, if you haven't heard the news, unfortunately, Jeremy took his own life um, last week, and that's a terrible, terrible thing, um, mainly for the ones that are, that are left and have to live their lives without him. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, for his kids and his wife and, you know, the people that he worked with, his friends, it must just be the worst week of their lives, really. I mean, how, how do you um, deal with something like this? Well, I, I, I cannot... I can't even begin to imagine, but I think for uh, for, for doing some, some good here on the radio on a, on a Sunday afternoon is just to say that he was a very, very important part of the industry, a much-loved part of the industry... Um, there's been a lot of soul-searching and gnashing of teeth, I suppose. I don't want to get too um, flippant about that, but um, there's a lot of us who, who will miss him, and, and um, uh, he contributed a lot to the the Age Good Food, uh, the, the Age on Sydney Morning Herald. So one thing, there's a whole bunch of recipes, and I don't know, in saying that it, it seems yeah. kind of flippant, and I know Matt's giving me that look going, yeah. Um I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to add about about Jeremy and his life in this town and Sydney? Well, I, in this country, well, we should I, say. I mean, I, like I said, I didn't know Jeremy that well, and I'm, a lot of my friends did know him very well, and are all in in shock this mm. week. But it just seems to be, uh, you know, he, he he's not the only one, and it, it seems to be happening, you know, uh, almost on a regular occasion, which is, makes it even worse. Mm. And why? Like we've got to. Who, know, who knows what the reason is, but yeah, there's there's obviously something that um, you know is triggering these thoughts, and 
and um, yeah, we've got to at this time, I think, support each other and, and talk to each other about it and make sure that you know this doesn't happen again because one, it's just such a shame. One great thing that, is that in this year of 2017, uh, for a, a lot of us, mental health hasn't isn't as stigmatised as it was when I first came here to this country. Or when I was, let's just say, when I was younger, um, maybe that's that is a, that is a great thing, and um, and I guess we can just say that if uh, anybody has problems, there's there's things, there's procedures that you can undertake to maybe help alleviate that. But uh, Vale, yeah. uh, Jeremy, let's just say that, and um, let's move on to brighter things now. Before we talk a bit about the reason you're not here. That you didn't come in. Sorry, I didn't want to make that wait that. Um, but you, um, um, you wanted to talk a, a quickly about a thing called Think, Eat and Save, Yoast. Yeah, so tomorrow at Melbourne University, come and yep. get a free lunch. Oh, uh, well, attention. Yes. Yeah, it's, um, it's a raise awareness and to try and help Oz Harvest mm. you know, be, do even more than what they're already doing. I mean, it's crazy. Since 2004, they've created 60 million meals. Um, that all million? go to 60 million meals. It's, wow. It's, it's ridiculous. You know, 20,000 tons of food that have been uh, diverted from landfill because of them. Wow. And, uh, it, it, it's an insane number. And then when you think about it, it's one, 1.3, this is what Ronnie Khan has told me, 1.3 billion tons of food, perfectly edible food, gets dumped every year. Or was dumped last year. So you mm. can imagine, you know, this, that's an insane amount of food. And, um, yeah, come and support this charity. And, I mean, there's not just Oz Harvest. There's, you know, so many other great people doing great work. But, yeah, I, I, I uh, have supported Oz Harvest for quite a few years, like many chefs. And Jeremy and all the, all the Neil was one of the first people on, <laughs> Neil Perry was one of the first people on board. Yeah. And, you know, when you come, when you meet Ronnie for the first time, there's just no going back, you know. She's just one of those people that just has that much energy and, and she mm. just gets on with it and gets you involved and makes you realise that anything is possible. And uh, We need you know, more of those people in this achieved. world, don't we? Yeah. I said yeah, we need... I think we it need... started for Ronnie, you know, back when she, she was in South Africa. She originally comes from South Africa and she was visiting a friend who was doing a lot of charity work and she thought, well, I've got to do something. And, her, you know, her expertise, of course, was in events and, and uh, food, and she realised the amount of food that was going to waste and started it. And, you know, it uh, wasn't... It, 2004 is not that long ago, but if you think about the amount of food that... Uh, and, it, you know, and it's growing, it's getting bigger. She's now in uh, Western mm. Australia, in South Australia, you know, the, um, Melbourne, of course, and Brisbane, Sydney, and uh, now uh, they've asked her to do the same thing in London and uh, she's going to set up over there because she's just one of those people that keeps it really simple and compel and compels people to do it and you know when, you, when politicians meet her they just she just doesn't give up so they realise oh, <laughs> we have to do something we have yeah, to yeah. She do keeps, what she says otherwise um, you know and then she's really persevered with the big supermarket chains and stuff like whereas a lot of people thought no nah, that's you know they'll never change she just refuses to give up and, and has made massive impacts well, good with, on her. Uh, with, with them as well. All right, mate. So they can, if people are interested in that, look up Oz Harvest. There's an event happening at Melbourne University, and you can be part of that now. Um, it's from 11 tomorrow morning. So all right, mate. 11 is all about food. There's a panel discussion. There's great chefs that will serve you amazing food. 
Sounds yeah. great. All right. Um, now, uh, before we let you go, and also Yoast, uh, invitation to um, come and join us in the next few weeks and we can have a proper uh, chat about uh, important food issues and waste issues. But, uh, yeah, you told me the reason why you couldn't come into the studio. I'm not looking across at the studio at your smiling face is that you, uh, you're you cooking lunch. And who are you cooking lunch for? Well, we, we're not exactly cooking lunch. We're doing Dutch-style lunch. We've got just some bread, cheese, and a whole bunch of stuff to go on bread. Right. And uh, I've got some new chickens, and they're laying tiny eggs, so um, we're having lots and lots of eggs. The size of quail eggs, virtually. At the really? When they're oh, young, really? yeah. Uh, yeah, they start to... It takes a while for them to, you know, build up the size. And so, yeah, what? just a very simple lunch, which is what we would normally have anyway. Did you make soup? So, yeah, we've got... Didn't end up making soup. You didn't even make soup. <laughs> so you haven't even got soup for him. Um, oh, man. Oh, well, well, hopefully you have some nice old Gouda and, uh, and some That's good it. bread. We've got plenty of good cheeses, so we'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to catching up. Well, say hi yeah. to your, your lunch guest um, from me. Should we divulge who I it will? is? Yeah, is it, Matt's going. And, come on. And, uh, who is, is it? Is it classified? I don't think it's classified. No, not at all. No. It's no. Ben Shuri and his family. So, yeah. Hopefully, you've got the shoeries coming out. And I'm hoping if it no stays question. dry, I want to take them for a walk into the Sherbrooke Forest because it's uh, mating. Uh, the lyrebirds are looking for mates at the moment, so they put on these. <laughs> well, look out! Amazing. <laughs> Keep amazing, your legs crossed, uh, eh? <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. So now's the time to go in, into the forest and see them because they go on the, the mating calls. They try and outdo each other. It's bloody great time of year to be in the Sherbrooke Forest. So Sherbrooke so, Forest, liarbirds, going off, mate. All right, well, look, we better uh, we better head off because um, uh, we've got to have a chat to uh, someone you know pretty well, Georgie Castle. Great. Great. Yeah. And, uh, that was our number one selling item at the uh, silo. Oh, my God. Really? There you go. She's just looking with a very self-satisfied expression. Yeah, that's right, baby. And also we've got <laughs> Boris Portnoy, um... Fabulous baker from all our welcome across from the Northcote Town Hall. So, Yoast... Um, uh, we'll see you in a few weeks anyway. Yeah, that sounds great. We'll slice that cheese nice and thick, my friend. And <laughs> right. um, we'll see you in the soup. Say hi to Ben. See you tomorrow. All right, bye. Bye. Um, when we thought um, maybe we could uh, dedicate a track to mm. Jeremy Strode. And again, if you are, you know... It's true, though. If you are experiencing any problems, there's things you can there do. There is help out there if you need it. Beyond Blue, Lifeline, et cetera, et cetera. It's you got me- to be said. You mentioned the Brit Pack of Chefs. I uh, did. And Jeremy was a key part of that. So we thought we'd play a very British song. And it goes like this. Once it gets going on Triple R. <laughs> it still makes me laugh. The squealy saxophone. The squealy saxophone. And John, we uh, we need to catch up with him soon. Mm. But uh, the great news is we've got these delicacies in front of us. My Lord, everything looks so beautiful. Um, we have got in the studio a master chocolatier. Uh, her name's Georgie Castle. Very, very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for having me. Um, but Chocolatier is just one of the, um, shall we say, the, the cards in, in a very extensive pack of, uh, of things. But we're going to be talking to you about these beautiful creations that are in front of us and also the fact that people can come and try them at, uh, at Grub uh, as, as well as 
joining uh, Georgian on the same day. But we've got Boris Portno. Very, very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Um, <laughs> wonderful to well, wonderful to see you guys, Georgie. We've met once before, Boris. I haven't met you before, so it's an absolute delight. As I organise my cord, which is being swallowed by the chair at the moment. First of all, um, grub. Let's talk a little bit about that. This amazing space that's sort of in between Nicholson Street and Brunswick Street and Fitzroy. You guys have obviously been there before, but can you describe it for listeners that haven't been there before? It's an indoor jungle. That's good. (laughs) It is a feast for your eyes. There is never a dull moment. I went in there and just stared at the walls, at the ceiling, at the floor. It's just busy. It's curated. It really is. It is so goddamn (laughs) curated, but it's also... So relaxed and comfortable, and it's a, and in this world of bling and contrivances and contrived spaces, it's just, it's a really, really wonderful, relaxing place to be. In I reckon. I think if you've lost anything, you could find it there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I, agree. I found my unicorn. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. It's, it's- in a in a very sort of model driven moment in Melbourne, yeah. it's really really refreshing to go somewhere where there's just sort of authenticity. Uh, yeah, it. yeah, it's just Absolutely. it's just anyway, it, it's great. And uh, the the whole reason that we've got you coming in there is that um, there's um, uh, there's an event that's happening on Sundays uh, from is it August and September? Yes. Tell us a little bit about it. So Sweet Set is um, is a series of, of Sunday sessions um, at Grub, as mentioned, um, mm-hmm. and it was uh, brainstormed, I believe, by Michelle from Grub and the Flower Market team, um, who are my connection to them. And the Flower oh. Market is a... Um, an amazing bake sale that happens every quarter, um, yes. usually at the Collingwood Town Hall, uh, and it's all of the the bakers in Melbourne and their creative, you know, pastry artists who mm. gather together early on a Sunday morning to be stampeded by thousands who come in and, and buy <laughs> hundreds of pastries at a time, and it's it's really something to behold Just because you've never seen. Any a frenzy like that around wow, pastry? Really? You know, it's, they line up from six in the morning and just give me the croissant. No one gets hurt. Yeah, type but like thing. not just the one, the ten croissant and the cakes and the chocolates and the you know, and, and it's beautiful. Pizza box. And, yeah, and wow. it's a pizza box. Um, so yeah, the flower market is um, is well established, and um, um, I believe Michelle was um, was a part of it also in terms of being a vendor. Mm. And um, yeah, they brainstormed this idea to get. Um, you know, a bunch of pastry chefs uh, to do their own um, their the, own session on a Sunday. The and take on these things, and yeah, and yeah. you guys are uh, going to be in there. Let's see, what do we got? Um, first of all, Georgie, you're going to be there August twentieth. August twenty. Yes. August twenty, which is just around the corner. I can't believe it. And um, <laughs> and after winter comes spring. And Boris, a very very good afternoon to you. You're going to be there on the September. third day. September 3rd, Father's Day. Father's oh, Day? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. It's my first year as a father, so... Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, oh, congratulations. Thanks. 
So doing a Father's Day event should be fun. Hey, yeah. big daddies in the house, yeah. which is uh, which is kind of good. And I think there was even a – Playing to my audience. I, I think there's a bit of Starwood whiskeys are going to be available for that one as well. Um, but I want to hear a little bit about what makes you guys tick and the fact that you're going to be there. Boris, um, you've come to us via the Napa Valley in California. Yeah, I've dropped out. Into Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've, you've slipped down under the, the, uh, the world here. Um, first of all, let me be one of the last people to welcome you to Australia. Thank you. How long have you been here for now? For four years. Four years. Uh, August 1st, yeah. August 1st? Yeah, four years ago. It's an auspicious 1st. day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny day to be here, isn't it? April Fool's Day. Maybe you came after the noon, though, which is... Because apparently if you say April Fool's, you have to do it before noon anyway but you've got a place um that uh, all are welcome yeah used, used to be a christian science reading room or yeah something the like reading that. room of the christian science uh, uh church which mm. is just right behind us you don't see it at all it's just hidden mm. yeah um beautiful light uh cream brick uh, American uh, Australiana, like modernist Australiana building. The the brick veneer. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a box, you know. Oh, really? It's just a it's a box. It's yeah. really amazing from the uh, looking from the outside, just always passing it. Uh, living in the neighborhood, just and wanted to fill it <laughs> with pastries. Oh, really? Yeah. So you had you had your eye on it for a while. For a while, yeah. We, it was it's been a two and a half year project coming. Yeah. yeah. And did you? I would have thought that would have been. Kind of a heavy conversion cost to get stuff in there because yeah. you would have had to get some pretty serious ovens in there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> some pretty before serious. Before that, you got to remove all the asbestos. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that, that that old chestnut, and and get in the three phase power. I guess it was it was it was worth it. It was it was really worth the effort. So, if people come into your place, what can they expect and get? Um. A, a bit of an a bit of an education and a bit um, you come in and it's pretty arresting at the the selection of uh, what I call what is vinoiseries. So you've been going for an eclectic mix, haven't you? Uh, All are welcome. Kind of plays into the the heritages uh, of people who are come who have come to Melbourne, who have come, who have traveled to different countries, like someone like me. Well, it's, uh, it's, a, also, it's a metaphor almost for this multicultural, this nation of mongrels. Yeah, you know, we we are all from somewhere else. Yeah, and people who haven't been able, haven't had the resources to come here, also. Mm. So you're pulling on um, what sort of influences in your um, in your work? You're like, we've got something in front of us here. This is kind of interesting. Did you have a part of it, Matt? Yeah, no, I, I haven't I, yet. No. I guess I guess I'm the going Bostock. for. I'm going. Yeah, I, I guess it's. Um, Lesser-known uh, canons in yeah. of the vinoiserie world. Mm. So, you know, you've got your croissant, you've got your almond croissant, we could sort of yeah, say. Yeah, we have all the crescent shapes. You know, yeah. everyone knows all the crescent shapes. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is pulling on a different thing. And I'd, um, Georgie, had you seen one of these before, the Bostock, when it was sort of presented to you? Um, yes, I have had one before in Smarty pants. New York City. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right then. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, but you t- you haven't seen one of these in Australia. In Australia, no, you don't see them in, in any of the bakeries. Can, can you describe it for us, Georgie? What, what is this thing? And then uh, you, visual description, then maybe uh, Boris can go into the guts of the thing. Okay, so we're looking at uh, what 
looks to be a piece of brioche or, or toast. It would, mm. it would look on appearance with yep. um, a um, – a flaked almond, and um, it looks like a an icing topping, but it's it's been it's been baked. If mm. you can imagine that, kind of similar to a topping on a um, on a, some of the almond croissants you might find, um, but it's thick. It's like a thick cut, decadent, delicious rectangle of goodness. And I just want to <laughs> dip it into my coffee. I really, it's just begging <laughs> to be submerged in a. In a in a coffee with milk, would that be sort of a the right thing to be doing with this, Boris? Yeah, actually, when you eat it, it tastes a lot like a coffee cake. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move away from the microphone. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah wow. Um, and uh, Bostock, I mean, it sounds like almost like it's a preposterous sounding word. What? what what's it named? Though? Is it eponymous? Is it named after like Andrew Bostock or? You got Don't me. know. You it's got just, me. <laughs> hey, it's just called the goddamn bus. Okay, it's the bus duck. I don't ask the questions. I just make it. <laughs> I just do this repetitive thing and make these things. But uh, that topping, um, which uh, French Japan, yeah, which is uh, what is that? A creation of the 18th century, I think it was. Yeah, I'm sure, like most things, it's a it's a mistake gone gone, horrib- gone wrong. It's something that's gone horribly <laughs> right. No, it's just like, wow, this is, this is great. So um, these are the sort of things that you do. So it's from the lesser known yep. um, parts of the pastry world. Because I made a thing called an Eccles cake, which um, is kind of a rare thing. But you said, yeah, you make those as well. Yeah, I, I do. I, I try. I try my best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's um, um, quite other things. There's uh, ensaymadas that I make. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is from the from the islands from uh, Menorca, Mallorca, uh, Ibiza. Oh, uh, which made with uh, it's a pastry that's made with lard. Yes, and uh, just very light, uh, kind of brioche-looking bun. But it's you know it's something that it's kind of like their breakfast go-to. You know. Mm, so this is this is a part of the traditional thing rather than the alto cucina of um, Spain, which you sort of immersed yourself in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, Absolutely, because you've uh, you've been around. I, I yes, I, I've been I've, around the block and I've, seen a few I've, things. I've skirted the Alta Cucina and I went straight for the uh, Naturan Nat- yeah. uh, version it? of it in Mugaritz. What, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Na- yeah, just natural, natural. Yeah, yeah, tradition, <laughs> tradition. Now, and um, Georgie, you've um, you've studied fashion, you've studied food science. You're, uh, I don't know, you seem to be a little bit of a polymath. Uh, in in some of these things, originally from New Zealand, spent a bit of time in Brooklyn. That's right. You fell in love with a bean. I did. I did. It's all a terrible accident gone right, just like mm. the, just like the Frangipan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was going to say, actually, it's really lovely to be here with you, Boris, because Citizen is is essentially born of the same. Nature, in terms of, I started Citizen Cacao with the incentive to create a community where it was inclusive, where everyone was welcome. Because mm. um, I came to Australia and didn't know anyone, and I found out that the best way to make friends is to make chocolate for a living. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make it make a lot of friends real quick. Yeah. People, people um, banging on the door, and and 
It's amazing the manifestations that can be created with just a single magical ingredient. Absolutely. And here they are. I mean, we've yeah. got proof positive. Matt, did you post this picture on the net? No, no, yeah, we've got the okay, Bostock gonna... on there. Have a look at the Twitter feed for the Bostock. Yeah. And we'll have a, we'll post some of these delicious looking chocolates too. Um, one of the things about, I hate about doing an hour show is that time just seems to flee. Tempest Fugit on, on a Sunday. Um, but you guys are going to be at Grub. Would love to talk to you again. Maybe we can um, get you in again. But do you guys know what you're going to be cooking for your special things at Grub? Bits and pieces. It's evolving. <laughs> yeah. It's an evolution, which means not quite yet, but um, it's going to be I'll sensational. Yeah, I'd like oh, to get sorry. back into uh, maybe some plated plated dishes, something that I've done in my past uh, past life. Have you worked at that kitchen before? It's a really, really beautiful space to work in. No, it's all know. open and there's light, natural light comes in. It's um, it's a great spot. If people want to get more information, they could go to Grub. Yes. Yeah. yeah? Um, you guys going to stick around for a drink? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because <laughs> we've we uh, we've got Mick Formosa is going to be coming in next, um, brand ambassador for the great and the good at Maui uh, Maui Hennessy. Um, thank you for bringing that. Sorry, we didn't have more time. It's no, just no, the nature of this him. thing. Twelve forty-two as the time flies yes. here in the afternoon. Uh, we're going to be running the thinking drinking theme. Mick Formosa is coming on. Next, I'll eat it. Hey, look up my glass over there. Oh, sorry, Jimmy. Drink, what sort of drink you want? What sort of drink you want? Make it a double. Yeah. Let's drink. Cheers. 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 Jeez, I don't know, Matt. We're trying to have a conversation here, I know, I'm, and then I'm you're going totally cracking hey, the whip over here. Hey, I know. I'm turning on the microphones because <laughs> Mick's here, and I'm I'm all excited because he's got glasses lined up, he's got bottles lined up. A very very good afternoon, and welcome to the the Triple R station, Mick. Thanks for having me, Cam. It's great uh, to be here. Well, you. Um, let's start with just uh, you know we we talk, talk about deadly sins, envy. I'm just doing envy. Um, <laughs> You, pointing my finger, um, have uh, a wonderful position within uh, a company of great history. Uh, first of all, congratulations. Gee, it's been a while, I think, isn't it? It's about seven years. 2010, you left Suntory to go to... Uh, to to Hennessy, yes. Yeah. Correct. I've been yeah. there for seven years. And, and we do the tea, do we? We do hit the tea. Oh, we hit the tea. You got that, Matt? Uh, I was, was going to ask. Uh, Moet. Moet. It is Moet Hennessy. Moet so it's, Hennessy. Not, it's not the place in the Latrobe Valley. No, it's not. It's, no, uh, it's I'm not Murray Hennessy. I'm sorry I did wait to uh, correct you on your show <laughs> live air, but, I, no, but it is the right pronunciation. Moet. Always learning. There's Always a little, little rhyme that we have. It's it's Maui if you're showing, it's Moet if you know it. Uh. Oh! <laughs> and there's no did way Moet. Did you get that <laughs> No way Moet. Oh, my God. You've just come back from overseas. Yeah, so as well as a... A lot of very prestigious champagnes and wines in our portfolio. There's a lot of luxury spirits, and that's the the side of the game that I play with. So I'm the spirits really? brand ambassador. Yeah, and I've just been lucky to go over to Scotland and and France in cognac to uh, to get the sound, the smell, the feel, and and understand the brand from from its origins, from the inside. Yeah, from inside the cellar. I remember years ago, my mum, 
God bless her. She said that, I think she went through Courvoisier, and she said one of the great things about being inside the distillery is what they call the angel share, because the angel share is all around you, and what that is is the evaporation from all these these cast, these Correct. barrels. And it gets you a little bit tipsy just wandering through. Did What, what was it like for you Good to go to the, the great... Places of uh, cognac. That's the yeah. The angel share is the yeah the, the concept of the evaporation that happens through the wood. It's so French, yeah. isn't it? Something that's I just think evaporation. That term actually was established by the the Scottish, but embraced by every everyone that ages no. anything. About. Yeah, that's. Uh, but you know, most of these stories. Surely are not. Are, really? I think it was. Yeah, I think the angel share was something that came from the the Scottish warehouses. Well, they they probably would have been just shaking their fist at it because being the Scots and, you know, the, the, the rectitude of spending money in it just probably meant, you know, the, they were losing money with that, weren't they? <laughs> they are very uh, resourceful is the word I tend to use when it comes to production of whiskey. Oh, I always thought it was French because I thought it was this really wonderful Gallic shrug of the shoulders and this sort of fatalistic thing to go, well, you know, it's for the angels. But when we talk about um, stories around any liquor, there's always some... You know, exaggeration or something. So people will yeah. claim it. Maybe it is Scottish. Maybe it was French. Your right. origin will never know. Well, tell us a little bit about. So where did you go first when you um, you, you left Tullamarine? Yeah, well, I left Tullamarine. I landed in Glasgow, and the temperature was exactly the same as it was when I left Melbourne. So <laughs> Scottish summer was the hey. same as what Melbourne hey, winter. This is great. And then I was lucky enough to uh, f- to fly over in a small plane. It was about a twenty minute flight over to. Um, the Isle of Isla, yeah, which is where um, where all those big smoky whiskies come from, and visit the Ardbeg Distillery, which is where the um, land of of peat and it is smoke, and very much a peaty, smoky bog. But you can um, you can you can smell that smoke and peat and earthiness and the saltiness of the air from the moment you get off the plane. It is really a uh, organic end of the earth type place and it's this is one thing about visiting these distilleries it's the most romantic part about it is that these tiny little remote places touch so many people all around the world mm. and, and uh from all walks of life and all sorts of cultures so it and especially in scotland there's sort of like it's the end of the earth i mean you know it's like well i so say it's a far the isle of isla was as far away from home as i've ever been yeah and as far back in time as i've ever been and it is. And what uh, do you mean, far back in time? Tell it me. just set in a period. It just is very. It just feels very authentic, raw, untouched, and it's it's just so far like removed from the rest of the world. It's it's mm. spectacular. It's a really beautiful, quaint place to be. Gotcha. And how? And and there's a distillery within the place. Obviously, there's on on that island. There's eight distilleries. Eight. There's eight distilleries. It's not, it's a small. Smallish island, mm. um, but most of it is uninhabitable because of the uh, the peat bogs you can't build in a swamp. So there is there's about three thousand people that live on the island. It's about twenty eight miles from top to bottom. Uh, yeah, miles. Okay. So it is it's quite large. It's yeah, a, it's pretty big. Yeah, but there is um yeah only three thousand people that live live on the island. Yeah, wow. Mm. Uh, on these on these rocky rocky shores with. Very rugged. We were lucky to um, to get on a speedboat and do a little tour of the island and look at it from from the ocean. Again, seeing that real ruggedness, uh, the rocks, the formations around the island are, are just amazing. They've they've uh, taken a lot of a lot of ships in its time, so the, these rocks have actually 
Yeah. There's been a few, apparently, some good scuba diving around there to some old shipwrecks in that. Oh, my God, you'd need, like, I don't know, the 30 mil wetsuit, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> so there, was a, there was a bit of that. There was a oh. few guys. The water was very cold. And oh, again, it makes me cross my summer. legs even thinking about going <laughs> in, in the water uh, like that. But um, so um, you would have uh, gone, what's that wonderful word that uh, winemakers and people in the industry say? You had a look at some of the uh, we did. The, the whiskies. Little tipple. There's a few that we don't um, get uh, in our market, so I wanted to try mm. some of those. But, um, there's... I'm I'm an old man now. I'm in my forties, and, and a dad. Uh, I did make and a dad. Yeah, and a dad. I'm an old man in two ways. There, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I I did make mention to my colleagues there that it's not often you get to try uh, a liquid that's a bit older than you. Yeah. But when we went to Glenmorangie, which is our other uh, single malt up in the north part oh, of he's Scotland, he's got Glenmorangie too. Yeah. Sorry, Glen what? Oh, it's a pronunciation lesson. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah, go on. Do it, do it. Glenn Morangie is Glenn the right Morangy. way to say it. Like, like Moran, like Dylan Moran, the, the, well, that the, is, the, yeah, the, the comedian. comedian. But we yeah. do, the way I sort of remind people Glenn is Morangy. that it, it comes in an orange box, it's orangey, and it's, it's Glenn oh, Morangie. Glenn Morangie. Glenn Morangie. Glenn Morangie. I sort of get them to remember. Yes, yeah, so, um, so you have so a we special... tried one there from 1974, actually. It was a special edition that's coming out to Australia that's going to be well and truly above anything I can afford. Yes. But I was lucky to have a little dram with our uh, our our chief uh, whiskey producer there. I mean, yes, his name's Dr. Bill Lumsden, and he Dr. He pulled Bill. Out, Dr. Bill, he pulled out a uh, a dram of the 1974 for me to try. And it was sensational. It was sensational. It was this it- rich orange, uh, blood orange type characteristic to it. Very <laughs> viscous in the mouth, and just a pleasant pleasant dram. And and this is the thing. I'm um, and uh, I want to go on to to cognacs in a sec. But the spectrum of flavours that you can get, and it seems that I think your portfolio seems to cover them all. Um, we look at Ardbeg, which is one of the the great things of of smoke and peat and you know oily fish and yeah, like rah, all these and, and dirty jumpers. No, no, not dirty jumpers. Uh, but wet rope and yeah, wet like rope. That. Thank you. Um, but then Glenn. Morangy, um, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but it seems to be there was this great serendipity. I don't know if it is, but it, it seems to fit in with that Scottish ethos that there were. I sort of have this vision of a distiller complaining about how much are those casks? Some reeds. What can we do? I know what we can do. We get these old sherry barrels in and. For someone that loves smooth, smooth things, that's sort of the opposite end of that spectrum, isn't it? With the Glen Morangy, where you have this beautiful smooth thing that's been tampered by the wood treatment. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah Glen Morangy is very proud of wood management and cast management. That's something that we did. They start it. Well, was that casks the- have been used for a long time, and yeah, bourbon yeah. casks, uh, ex-bourbon casks, are the common uh, practice to use in in Scotland. But Glen um, Morangy does claim to have uh, the pioneering sort of Thought they were the pioneers of the, the what we call the extra maturation. So finishing a cask in a different a finishing, uh, finishing a whiskey cask. in a different cask. So something that can t- formerly contained other ingredients because that will influence the whiskey as well. So we've played with casks from well, port sherry. We've even got a sauternes. Sauternes. Yeah, I yeah. know that's one of your favourites. No, no, it's not. I'm just aware of it. No, my favourite is actually the the first one I've ever. I've only actually had the sherry, and I just thought this is the smoothest, bloody easiest Scotch whiskey. Malt whiskey to drink that I've ever had. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's been even some other experiments. Next, mm. uh, we, we'll see in the future. Uh, there's been Manzanilla sherry. There's been 
uh, PX barrels. PX, we had yeah, some old Portuguese casks, some like Portuguese wine casks. There's been, there's always something going on. Sometimes but they turn out amazing and sometimes they might not be so good. And, and I guess that's the thing, you see it in slow motion because it takes a while to find out. But yeah. it seems to me that there's been this great trickle down effect from that, that we've seen wood finishing and all sorts of things and it seems to have come from that island. Let's go south in the uh, the few minutes that we've got left. You were in Courvoisier, and you said there was a moment. Hennessy is our one. We're so we're in the town of Cognac. Slap my wrist. (laughs) Ow! That's okay. That's okay. But it is not far from Courvoisier. Okay, that's kind of you. But um, there was a a changing of the guard, which was quite remarkable that you witnessed. Yeah, well, I've um, well, Hennessy has a history of two hundred and fifty-two years now. Yes, of course. It's a it's a a quarter of a millennia, if you look at it that way. So they've, they've, and in that time, a quarter of a millennia. So 252 years. So, yes. And we've, um, that's a few footy seasons. A few. It is yeah, definitely man. a few footy seasons. Oh, yeah. And there's been a, uh, there's been nine, or well, now there's nine generations of the master blenders who are basically responsible for the, the final blend of the, of the product that goes into the bottle. And, mm. um, they're all the same family, known as the few family. And on, the, the day few. I was at few. Oh, I thought it was the few and the nobles. Actually. Yeah, okay, yes. <laughs> and we had um, we had the changing of the guard to the next generation happen while I was there, and I was lucky enough to be in the tasting room on that day. So, I mean, that's happened nine times now in in two hundred and fifty two years. So it wow. was a special thing to to be, and like we were, we were it's like having a new pope. No, <laughs> exactly. Even, yeah. Exactly. And yeah. you know, just walking around the the founder's cellar. Feeling some of the, the history and smelling the the magic of of age in these rooms and just craft, it was just incredible to to smell and feel the place. Shadows of giants type thing. Yeah. My, my lord! And um, you've brought something special here. I have. I've um I've got with me two products. I've got the Glenmorangie Signet, and now I mentioned Dr. Bill. He he at Glenmorangie. Uh, claims this to be his legacy. He, when he leaves the distillery, when he finally moves on, this will be the product he'd be most proud of. And last year actually won Best Whiskey in the World. Really? And it's Signet. It's not the baby swan, but spelt S-I-G-N-E-T. So yep. it's a, um, uh, an homage Signet to our is logo. A, is a mark, isn't it? Yeah, yeah so if you look at the something? packaging, there's a gold logo on the front, and that's our, our logo. So that's, uh, that's known as a Signet. And it's it a very Celtic sort of, not a mandala, but a very that Celtic it, art it, sort of thing. It is. It actually comes from an ancient stone that was found near the distillery. Ah, and it's now you wanted to say something now when you open a bottle. So you, you like, there's that little, there. there's, a, there's a word for the, the, the bit of air that is in between there. I think it's called ullage, but you wanted to I say... Just, there's a, the top of the bottle always has that little bit of air that's between the top of the liquid and the cork, and, mm. always, and that's come straight from the highlands of Scotland, and I always make sure that when I open the bottle, I breathe that Let's in. Let's have a listen, it. Matt. Can you turn that up so we get it? Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. There's, uh, so there we go. The, the inhalation of, uh, of Scottish air, and I guess that's one of the things that makes this so... I don't know. There's just there's tradition in there. It's let's face it. It's a pretty a, a glamorous product, and I suppose that's part of the the things. This, this the current product that you trade on. There we go, Matt. This particular product uh, has got actually. It's a bit of a theme of today was chocolate, but we mm. we actually roast our barley like coffee with this one, and it gives it a chocolate coffee taste. So. This one here is um, some of our oldest stocks at Glenmorangie mixed with this 
chocolate coffee malt and um, roasted coffee malt. So, uh, so it's not coffee, but the malt we roast like coffee rather mm. than just air dry in the kiln. Gotcha. So it gives it that um, burnt chocolate coffee flavour. So this whiskey definitely does have that. Thoughts, Matt? Mm. That is delicious. Yeah, it is delicious. God, the, just the colour of it is, is it's like It's like a, a deep sort of copper bronze, I guess you'd call it, you know? One it's thing. Mm. All right, before we go, we've only got a little bit of thing. One thing I thought we'd just quickly dispel is that for ages um, it was very romantic to have uh, cognac or brandy in a balloon and you would even have this apparatus to warm it up. Why should we not do that, Mick? Uh, it ruins the, the liquid. I mean, most people heat up. They think about heating up their cognac mm. and... The whole balloon, it doesn't capture the aroma as well as it should if you were going to taste it, and it does. It ruins the, the taste. It does. Uh, it makes it really hard, and it, it, it increases, makes the alcohols harder really and more aggressive on the... When it's warm, I use the analogy of, like, if you were going to look at a, a masterpiece of a painting, if you look at the, you'd look at the sun first for a minute and then look at the painting, That's what it's as effective as what you're doing when you're tasting a masterpiece of liquid, like nice this Nice analogy. Here. Nice analogy. And also, it's a very important when you have a, a liquid like this, just to have a little tiny bit so you get that appreciation of the flavour and you're not getting the burn of the alcohol, yeah? Yeah, exactly right. All right, it's 12.59 and we've got 30 seconds. Matt's doing the loopy, loopy, loopy sound <laughs> with, his, with his fingers. And what does that mean, Matt? It means that Sunday lunch is coming up next. And uh, Tracy Hutchison uh, will be uh, having Sunday lunch. And this week, uh, Hannah Asafiri, a uh, Moroccan food expert, uh, will be joining Tracy the microphone so tune in for that mm. and um, if people want to find out about the portfolio and what's happening at not slap me again ow uh, <laughs> Moet Moet Hennessy uh, what should they do uh, well, they can just contact Gather the close with retailer or get to a website and have a little look but yeah well congratulations on this beautiful life you've had and what a wonderful trip it's been it is one o'clock we gotta go and um, Roman Capaldi next week Raymond Capaldi. Yeah, yeah, and I have to go and see uh, Chucky Jenkins down there at the Gasso ah, later yes. on. Going to be uh, should be fun. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having me, guys. Hello to family Holly and uh, the beautiful Olive, and we will see you next week, Matt. Yes, bye bye. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. For more podcasts, information about upcoming events and our live stream, please visit our website at rrr.org.au.